0: Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's podcast. There's a whole bunch to talk about, so I'm just going to jump straight in. First up, there's now an MD Plus patch available for Michael Jackson's Moonwalker for the Sega Genesis, which takes real versions of the songs that are instrumental and uses those in place of the ones that came on the Genesis cartridge, which is pretty neat. Um, also, it replaces, if you would like, the, the song Thriller for the one section of the game that originally used it, the woods and graveyard stage. I guess Thriller was used in the original prototype, but um, for some reason it wasn't used in the final version of the game, and I even remember talking about this on the podcast last year at some point. So, uh, this is a pretty neat way to experience the game. It's kind of just like the MSU1 patches for Super Nintendo, and I found with those that I always love taking the time to try it. Sometimes I always enjoy it and then prefer that I like the original music, other times I stick to the new versions, but in my opinion, if you own a Mega SD, it's already definitely worth your time to try this out just to see what it's like. So, Anybody interested can download the patch and a link to everything else right here in the description. Displaced Gamers recently posted a video about how a NES controller works, and I really enjoyed this one. It took me a while to post it because I wanted to take the time to go back and get a screenshot and make sure I wrote it up okay, which is why it's a couple weeks late, but um, I really found the the way they visualized what a shift register is a a great way to understand how these things work, and I believe it's the same exact for a SNES controller, uh, just instead of eight 12 because there's, you know, the four extra buttons. So anybody that's really interested in how this works, give it a watch. Um, you know, it starts out kind of on the simple side, like here's how a button works. Here's what the circuit board looks like, but just give it the minute because it gets nerdy and really interesting, super quick. So, uh, as always, I'm, I'm a giant fan of the displaced gamers channel. I like all their videos, but if you were ever wondering why a NES could only have, you know, six, Pin or six or seven pins on the controller port, but eight buttons. This is definitely, definitely a good video for you. A sequel was just announced for one of my favorite games of the past few years, Axiom Verge, and it looks to be pretty much the same type of graphics and gameplay and awesome music as the original, just a continuation of the story. So uh, not much else is out otherwise, uh, other than it's going to be out sometime in 2020, and I'm very excited for this one. Uh, I'm a giant fan of the original. I bought it on both the Wii U and then again on the Switch. And uh, I liked it better on the Switch only because I got to use the 8-bit Dose, uh, the SN- SN30 controller, the Switch-compatible SNES-style looking controller. So Axiom Verge fans, uh, this coming year, we're all going to have a treat, I hope, I think. The Anniversary Edition homebrew patch for Final Fight Arcade was just released, which allows you to have three simultaneous players, selectable palettes, unlocked character selection screen, and a couple of other uh, enhancements and stuff like that. And um, I believe this even works on real hardware. You'd have to reflash the ROM chips, which would also mean that this will work on Darksoft's upcoming CPS1 multi-kit, which is really exciting. Uh, I'm on the list for one of those, and I can't wait to try that one out. So... Anybody that's a Final Fight fan, you could uh, download it now and play it through MAME if you'd like. Uh, so anybody could experience it for free right, right now. I'm obviously a giant fan of real hardware, so that's definitely what I'm uh, waiting for. And just for the record, uh, this was released December 1st. But I remember reading a Silicon Era article that said it was going to be released December 12th. So I set a little reminder for myself referenced the original silicon era article on december 12th it still said it, it wasn't corrected and then when i went to the github page i realized it was released almost two weeks earlier on the first so i'm sorry that i'm late for this one but it's out there for anybody who wants it and uh as soon as the the multi comes out i'd love to do a three-player just fun live stream of this game anybody interested i bet your beast is I just released a video about how to lag test your capture card and it was one of these things where I didn't have time for a big fancy video but I kind of just wanted to put the info out there for people that were curious and I debated not even releasing it at all but uh, it's just a very basic thing on how you can make sure that your capture card isn't creating delay or latency between audio and video. And for me personally, it was important to me when I did the Genesis mini test so that I could tell that this was accurate and that my sound delays were actually what I said they were. And I probably should have just included this as part of that. But I also just kind of touch upon basic scenarios on how to check lag. Um, if your if you're capture card or if you have a separate card, a video and audio capture card, how to set that delay in OBS and stuff like that, I kind of touch a little bit on all of it. And uh, Adam from Epos Fox also has a video that kind of goes down the road of this for people whose capture cards start to um, separate audio and video the longer the stream goes by, which it's a... you know, there's a bunch of problems with audio delay and capture cards, so I just wanted to do a quick run-through for basic scenarios. Um, I linked to the Epos Fox video for people who want more details on that, but, you know, I'd, I'm always back and forth with this, because this is something I normally would put a written post as, but I kind of needed to shoot video to show the example anyway, and I didn't have time for a fancy one, so hopefully people don't mind these short little blog style videos that are, you know, tech oriented, but I'm going to keep doing them unless you all really hate it, so <laughs> if Uh, If you're wondering if your capture card has lag and it's important to you, here's a a very quick test that you could do um, to make sure that it's even or how to to adjust it to your needs. I played almost all the way through the messenger recently because it was one of those I ended up with a bad cold again, you know, you live in a city with millions of people. You also have millions of germs, so I really, I just couldn't even get off the couch for like two days, so I figured uh, my friends Destiny and Joey were nice enough to give me a copy of The Messenger, so I wanted to put it to the test, and I both loved it, and it drove me freaking crazy, and if I had more time, I would have loved to have done a deep video review with my own shot footage of the game to demonstrate exactly the things that I'm talking about. Um, I just as always I didn't have time but I really wanted to get my thoughts out there so I wrote the review I called it a spoiler filled review because there's no way I could have explained it without giving spoilers it was just impossible so I just wanted to warn anybody that you know don't read this if you plan on playing the messenger Uh, but or if you care about spoilers I didn't I don't think I I ruined any info that's not already out there in every place but I, I don't know if I'll keep doing game reviews because I felt like talking about it, but I also don't know if it's a fit for retro RGB, and I'm always critical of other YouTubers that step outside of their zone and talk about things they know nothing about, but I felt like because this was opinion-oriented, I might not be so guilty of that, but I don't know. Uh, If you have time to comment, let me know your thoughts. Uh, Did you appreciate it? Do you not care either way? Which is always a perfectly awesome answer. (laughs) If you don't care either way, I'll still do it, Uh, but if it's annoying and useless, I'll just I, you know, I won't bother doing that again. I really would have liked to have done a video review, though. I think it would have been pretty cool to show people exactly in the moment things that had happened. The only thing I will, um, I'm going to do it without a spoiler. I said in the review that this game had given you all the answers that you needed. You know, you didn't need to like, nothing was confusing, but... I am almost at the end now, and there was one thing I had to absolutely look up. One, and it just uh, you know ask me in the comments or something if you really want to know which one it was. But I when I looked up the answer, I was like, oh, I, "There's no way I would have figured that out. Absolutely not. If I didn't look it up, I just wouldn't have been able to finish the game." So still. Kind of loved it, but it's just one of the most frustrating games I've played in a while. So, I don't know. Let me know your thoughts if you've played it, but I still call it a win, and I'm really looking forward to a sequel that I think is... Or maybe not a sequel, but a next game from the same company that I believe, if I remember correctly, they said should be out in about a year or two. So, I'm, I'm a, a frustrated fan, if you will. Wrestling with Gaming posted another awesome mini-documentary... mini mentry mini, About uh, the SNES... And this time, it was focused on a product that was for home banking services. And it's kind of neat in one respect, because I guess in the early 90s, not everybody had a computer. They were still really expensive compared to something like a Super Nintendo. So I guess it made sense, but it was also a bit ridiculous. And my favorite part of the video was the footage from like the original commercials for these things. It was ridiculous. So it was a a great mini-mentry anyway, but if nothing else, watch it for that. I think you'd get a pretty big kick out of it. But another really interesting story, and I had no idea this thing even existed until I saw the video. Copper Dragon has just released a new open-source PCB design for the Commodore 64, and this one's for a more simple video output board. So I believe it replaces the rf and get you S-video and composite for people that just want a cheap and easy video output solution that don't want to be stuck with RF. Because while I always say as long as you don't live in an area with a ton of interference, RF could still be a perfectly good solution, but there aren't any RF converters. You'd have to go... I mean, there might be, but they're very expensive, so your average person would then do RF to, like, an old VCR, and then the VCR's composite video output to, like, a retro tank or something, and go from there, which is a big, bulky, annoying solution. So I totally understand if people just want a a basic output instead of uh, having to figure out component or RGB or any of that stuff. So, as always, huge fan of choices, so thanks very much for Copper Dragon or to Copper Dragon for releasing this product top hat gaming man just released a both hilarious and informative video about the philips cdi which is a console that gets a lot of unwarranted hate kind of like the virtual boy just because no offense but a lot of people hear other people shit on it and then just parrot what they've heard because they think it's cool or something which is very annoying for me in the virtual boy because while there are many issues with it there are some very cool things about it and it's the same with the philips cdi to a point so I think the, the main thing to remember is that it wasn't supposed to be a game console. It was supposed to be a home entertainment system that, by the way, also plays games. And then towards the end of its life, there was more of a focus on games because that's all people were really using them for. But the the perspective and the spin that Top Hat Gaming Man put on it was pretty interesting. Um, I didn't I, The few of the games that he had talked about, I didn't really know about. Um, most of them I did, but it was kind of interesting to see a few others on there. The one thing that he didn't touch upon, and I could be wrong on this one, but if my memory serves correct, when I interviewed Sean from the the creator of the Bliss Box, that's the controller converter adapter, he said the only console he wouldn't do a converter for was the CDI because there was so much latency inherently built into the way the CDI reads controllers that it was, you know, it, it was just a useless thing to make anyway. I hope he revisited that, by the way, just for the heck of it, but it's a... Uh, it's kind of funny to see, then, to play to try to play a beat-em-up game with that much controller latency. I guess if it was consistent, the same exact every time, you could probably get used to the delay. Like with games like Blackthorn, that when you would do the move where you would um, shoot behind you, anybody that ever played Blackthorn, you could, like, press the button go make yourself a a mixed drink and come back and he's still shooting behind you. So I guess you could probably get used to it, but I think anybody that's a hardcore beat-em-up player would probably notice. But uh, on top of being very informative, there was some very hilarious um, cameo appearances in that. My favorite ones from Yahel with Wrestling with Gaming that spawned this absolutely amazing meme that I made. So uh, if you want to be entertained and educated, definitely check this one out. Great video from Top Hat Gaming Man. There's now an English version of the RetroN 5's jailbreak firmware available. A few months ago I talked about the jailbreak but I don't have a RetroN 5 to test it on. So, I didn't realize it was all in German and a few people ended up having to contact me to say, "What the heck? I went to your webpage, downloaded this thing and you know, I can't read German." So, I felt really really stupid about that. My bad. But now, uh, you could totally do it in English, don't have to worry about it. Uh, it's a fully rooted system now, so you could use it for anything that you would like, I guess. Ray um, Raycommend does uh, want to remind everybody that he's tried ROM dumping with this, uh, so dumping your own cartridges, and it's been hit or miss. Retail games seem to work perfect, homebrew not so much, and I believe he's had good luck with save file dumping, so... Uh, I remember with the official Retron 5 firmware, some people's save games were deleted, which which upset a lot of people, especially with childhood games with their old save game on there from the 90s. So, you know, uh, as, as always, use any of this stuff at your own risk. And I, I would be as bold to say as anything with the name Hyperkin on it, use at your own risk anyway. So, you know, it is what it is. But at least if you own one of these, uh, now you have more options of what you could do with it. There's now a public demo available for the upcoming Neo Geo game, Project Neon. And Ray did a good video walking people through it and showing what the demo was, but also explaining what to expect, because it is still an early alpha build, if you will, Um, and I think a bunch of people were overly critical of it. I try to always keep a super open mind when I'm testing anything that's even in beta, because, you know, it's far from completed. So uh, it looks like it's going to be a pretty cool shooter game, and the team behind it said that they're going to add some more enhancements to it, and uh, I think some more Neo Geo-centric stuff to it. So it looks... Like a Neo Geo game and not just a 16-bit game, but it looks pretty exciting, and uh, I guess I'm very interested to see when it releases. And I do hope there's some way to release a lot of these Neo Geo games as a paid ROM, because the Neo Geo hardware that goes into the cartridges costs a lot. And if you already own one of the ROM carts, it would be really great to just, you know, pay whatever a fee, whatever fee it is, and get the ROM licensed to you. So I always support the developers for games that I like. And I think a lot of people, if given the option, would do so as well. So fingers crossed. But either way, looks like we're going to have a cool new shooter on our hands for the Neo Geo sometime in the future. Another English translation patch is available for a Saturn game. This one is Sakura Wars. And the team behind this really went above and beyond. Not only did they do the English translation for all the dialogue, but it looks like they managed to re-subtitle and re-encode the FMVs in the game as well. And some other artwork like the title screen and loading screen and everything. So uh, I'd actually never heard of the game. I'm not a huge RPG fan, so this might not be up my alley anyway, but it's just very exciting that an entire other group of people outside of Japan who wants to experience the game can. Um, And you know, to whoever the team is that worked on this, wow and thank you to you. That's a lot of work put into that. So anybody looking to play Sakura Wars, now you can. Bon Yuki recently posted a video of his Raspberry Pi 4 working with the RetroTink Ultimate. I guess to get it working, it just needed some very specific config INI uh, adjustments, which are in the post that Ronnie did. And uh, I'm pretty excited about this because I've been hearing that there are some major performance differences for the Pi 4. To be honest, I did the the firmware update on mine and then haven't touched it since, and I really want to get back into it. Um, I guess i got to double-check and see where all the major players are at. Uh, I guess now I can use it with the RetroTink Ultimate and Laka. That's awesome. But I also really want to try the Pi to Gemma, the Arcade Forge one. I heard people talking about that it was working on that as well. Um, and, of course, the, the RGB Pi solutions. I'm a, a giant fan of all of these. Uh, my favorites to this day are still the RetroTink Ultimate and... And the um, the RGB Pi stuff, but I, I really want to get back into both the JAMA boards I have to see what they can do, as well as the uh, direct... RGB output so uh, people found the correct settings so that you can use an HDMI to component or of course VGA output and be able to get 240p that way which is something I tried two years ago and couldn't figure out and then never went back around to so uh, I guess if anybody's in the know on that stuff sorry to be lazy and ask all of you but if anybody's in the know on where all of that's at please let me know in the comments email whatever but uh, I I would like to get back into Raspberry Pi four testing And I have a couple of videos coming up in the early part of next year about arcade-related stuff, and I would love to be able to have a Raspberry Pi 4 doing the testing um, i'd love to do lag testing and all that stuff to show the difference between the three and the four i heard it's powerful enough for run ahead mode to work which is pretty exciting so anybody with some raspberry pi 4 retro gaming info especially any arcade related stuff please let me know and i'll hopefully get to doing another video on that soon and of course thank you very much to Bon Yuki for posting his experience Greg Collins has just posted a 3D printed SD mount for the GameCube optical drive emulator, the GC loader. And it sits in the tray exactly where the CD-ROM assembly used to be and then just has a slot for the SD card, and it fits beautifully. It makes it look almost like a weird factory solution. So anybody that was looking to get that could just pick up the 3D print directly from LaserBear, Greg's store. Uh, If you have your own 3D printer, Greg has donated the files to people if you want to print your own. You just need that as well as an SD card extension cable and some screws. So the links for absolutely everything are in the description. Um, And I also just, again, a huge thank you and shout out to Greg for both selling these designs and making them available for people with their own 3D printers. So thanks very much, and uh, this thing looks awesome. If you're listening audio only, go back and at least look at the picture to see how, how smooth this thing looks. The EverDrive N8 Pro was just released, and there's already a firmware update for it. This one adds a new mapper, fixes an existing one, and includes support for the Nest 2.0 large mapper numbers, the ones over 255, presumably for homebrew support. So the Pro is looking to be a pretty cool product. Um, if you already own an EverDrive, unless you really need the mapper support, so some of the homebrew games and stuff like that that the Pro is supporting, I don't think it's, uh, you know, I don't own one yet, but my guess is that it's not worth selling yours and buying the new one for. If you've been holding off on getting an EverDrive, this is definitely the one to buy. Everybody who's already gotten one seems to love theirs. So it's just something to think about. Um, You know, it's always that it's always that debate, you know. What do you upgrade and what do you leave alone? And most people I know with their Everdrives have zero complaints. The only complaint I had about the original one is it didn't run the game Legend of Link. But then I ended up getting a, a you know, a full version of that anyway on a real cart. So uh, I believe this one will run Legend of Link, and I think even that uh, that Rockman minus Infinity that everybody always talks about. So kind of just up to you if this is a worthy upgrade or or however you think about it. Crix uh, also said that he's going to be offering color art, uh, color options for different cartridge shells, which is kind of cool. I personally love for homebrew style stuff. I like clear clear plastics. Um, and also there's a new firmware update for the turbo EverDrive, the version two that lets you swap the in menu bu- uh, buttons, which is something that sometimes bothers me because on some ROM carts, it's one button and sometimes it's the other. So totally makes sense. But, uh, thanks to Cricks for keeping up support on all this stuff. And I'm really looking forward to trying my pro whenever it gets in. Gamebox Systems is now offering a lid kit for the SD to SB2 SD card reader. That's the device that now plugs into the bottom of the GameCube and uses its serial port to transfer data instead of the front memory card port. And that's good for people that need dual memory card support. So if your system's not modded, you could boot with an action replay with the front memory card to boot your to uh, boot into Swiss, and then once you're into Swiss, then you just pull that out, plug in your memory card and boot from the bottom one uh <laughs> That way you kind of don't have to worry about small card support and all that other stuff, so it's a pretty handy device. And of course, it's also for people that already have a chip in their GameCube. You could just use that and boot right into Swiss anyway. Um, game. The thing that GameBox Systems is offering is a nice lid cover for it that fits it uh, across the bottom and still gives you access to the micro SD card. So it's a pretty neat addition, and it's fairly priced. The kit with the SD to SP2 is $17. So if you were looking going to pick one of these up, definitely check it out. Uh, This is different from the optical drive emulator that was just released as well. And I guess one of these days I should just do a video or at least a write-up that explains the differences between all of them. But if you're looking for a pretty cheap plug-and-play solution, this is definitely the one for now. Well, quite a lot this week, and I managed to get through all of it without sneaking in a cough here or there. So, if you hear one or two of them get a little rushed towards the end, it was either because I felt a cough coming or I heard a siren in the distance that I wanted to get this through without having to re record the whole thing. So, (laughs) sorry about that. It's, you know, New York City in the wintertime, nothing I could do about it. But anyway, thank you as always so much for listening. Thanks to all the people that uh, that comment and participate. And of course, thank you so much to everybody who supports, because none of these videos or any of the the scenes research would ever happen without you so thanks so much and i'll see you next week